Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Classroom Clown by Bonnie Moyers. His fifth grade friends called him George the Classroom Clown. How did George get such a nickname? Because if something funny wasn't already happening, George Wakeman could be depended on to get some action going. He said and did things that sent his classmates at Claremont Elementary School into gales of laughter. Some of the things that George thought were amusing really were. For example, one day in English class, he was studying how to write a friendly letter when he doubled over in a fit of laughter. George, Mrs. Bates demanded, what on earth is so funny about English class that you have to laugh so loud? This, George pointed to his English textbook. Somebody made a mistake when they were setting this type. The greeting to this letter should be, Dear Friend. Instead, it says, Dear Fiend. Mrs. Bates' face softened into a half-smile. That is funny, she admitted, but that isn't the only thing you were laughing about, is it? No, George responded. Some of these sentences that we are supposed to correct are absolutely weird. Take this one. Dick walked up to the house with a grin. Who has the grin, the house or Dick? And this. Mary put the package on the table with ribbons around it. Which has the ribbons, the package or the table? And here's one that's even crazier. I can jump higher than this house, boasted Scotty. Of course he can, George continued, because houses can't jump. By that time, everyone in the room was laughing, including Mrs. Bates. George did other things that kept his classmates entertained. He could do impressions of almost anybody he chose to imitate. He especially liked to mimic a popular TV comedian. When Mrs. Bates would call George to her desk to talk to him about the poor grades he was getting, he would roll his eyes upward until nothing but the whites showed. On the way back to his seat, he would lift his feet high to avoid stubbing his toes on imaginary objects. What started to be something serious usually degenerated into spasmodic giggling spells. Mrs. Bates would sigh and shake her head. George was as agile as a cat. He was also as stealthy-footed. Near his desk was a window with a tree growing just outside it. When Mrs. Bates wasn't looking, he liked to slip from his seat through the window. When she turned around from writing on the blackboard to emphasize some point, she would notice that George wasn't in his seat. Where is George? she would ask. Nobody told her because most of George's classmates liked him and didn't want to get him into trouble, but the students couldn't refrain from looking toward the window where a grinning George sat on a tree limb. Partly suppressed snickers continued until George, quiet as a mouse, stole through the window and slid back into his seat while Mrs. Bates wasn't looking. When next she turned around, George was in his seat with a you-must-have-been-seeing-things-I've-been-here-all-the-time expression on his face. At the close of school one day, after George had performed his tree-climbing routine, Mrs. Bates calmly ordered, Come up to my desk, please. George felt as if his feet were weighted with lead. Slowly he walked forward, minus the comedian swagger. His face, for once, wore a serious expression. George, the teacher began, what you've been doing is inexcusable. I should send you to Principal Manning. George shuddered. Principal Manning was not known for sparing the rod and spoiling the child. However, she continued, I think we can handle this situation without doing that. There will be no more sneaking out the window because you're going to move your desk over to the other side of the room. There are no doors there that you can slip out of, either, so you'll have to stay put. Yes, ma'am. George breathed a sigh of relief. 
he quickly moved his desk and everything in it. But once settled in his new location, George invented new ways of amusing himself and those around him. He passed notes. He made spitballs and paper airplanes. He perfected a new comic face-making routine in which he sucked in the middle part of his lower lip, letting the ends protrude over his upper lip until he looked like a bulldog. Everybody laughed, except Mrs. Bates. More than once she scolded him for his inattention, for homework not handed in, and for giving silly answers in class. George, when was World War I over? she asked in history class one day. When all the people quit fighting and went home, was his answer. You haven't studied this assignment, have you, she probed. If you had, you would know that it ended November 11, 1918. I really don't know what will become of you if you don't study more and stop fooling around. You are doing poorly in history and even worse in arithmetic. But those have never been my favorite subjects. They're hard, was George's answer which is precisely why you need to give them more of your study time, Mrs. Bates pointed out. I guess so, George agreed in an attempt to be funny, and he went on his merry way. When test time came at the end of the school year, George guessed the answers to one-fourth of the questions and had to leave at least that many others blank. Why, oh why, hadn't he studied more? He felt the stirrings of a vague uneasiness. Still, he had always been promoted with the rest of his class, and Mrs. Bates was his favorite teacher in spite of all the reproofs she had given him. She was kind-hearted, so she'd probably pass him. When he got his test papers back, he had mostly D's and F's. His heart sank as he looked at his low grades, but he still hoped that he would be promoted. The last day of school, the students received their report cards. George looked at his. The grades were low, but he was still sure he had passed. Then he noticed the sentence at the bottom of his card. It is recommended that blank be placed in grade blank. His name was in the first blank. In the second space was penned a large five. I failed, he said aloud. His own words hit him like a blow to his stomach. Then he brightened. Perhaps Mrs. Bates had made a mistake. Uh, Mrs. Bates? George swallowed hard. I've noticed a five on the bottom of my report card instead of a six. Does that mean I've flunked? Mrs. Bates looked sad. I'm afraid it does, was her quiet reply. Your grades just weren't good enough. Tears filled George's usually laughing brown eyes. He bent his head so his blonde hair fell forward, partly concealing his face. He was filled with unhappy thoughts. His parents would be disappointed in him and by having to repeat the fifth grade, he would be separated from his friends and classmates. He buried his face in his hands, and his shoulders shook with great heaving sobs as tears streamed down his cheeks. Raising his head, he begged, Please, Mrs. Bates, please let me go into sixth grade next fall. I'll study hard. I really will. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bates explained, but I can't let you do that. You have to master fifth grade work before you can go to sixth or you'll be putting your education on a shaky foundation. I tried to warn you so we could avoid having this happen. I know, George groaned. I made a mess of this school year, and it's all my fault. Mrs. Bates sat down beside George and handed him a tissue. This is a hard lesson, she agreed, but most of us have to learn sooner or later the truth of the Bible verse that says, There is a time and a place for everything under the sun. Ecclesiastes 3.1. Fun is all right in the proper time and place, but it can be overdone. I'll remember after this, George promised solemnly. 
I'm sure you will, Mrs. Bates agreed. You'll be my best pupil next year. And he was. Although George Wakeman retained his love of fun and his lively sense of humor, he traded in his classroom clown reputation for hard study and good grades. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.